Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony coming at you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles on Thursday, September 14th. And I have a question. I've been gone a minute, but I have a question. And that question is, are modern black belts or current black belts allergic to sweat? Now, I ask that because I've seen a lot of videos, a lot of training videos, a lot of just information that's out online. And I see these long time black belts with very, very dark black belts. Now, you may be thinking, Anthony, what's the big deal? Well, I'll tell you what the deal is. Anyone who's been a black belt for that long, their belt should be worn, beat up, tattered, all sorts of stuff. Now, I am, of course, taking, ex- not exception, I'm giving logical exception of course to those who are physically injured now they're people that have been hurt over the years or just been worn down in training whatever you got my support my sympathy and i got you back but for everybody else and i mean everybody else there is no excuse for not getting your butt out there in training like it blows my mind that people can with a straight face tell you that their martial arts represents discipline and perseverance and all this other stuff. But they haven't sweated into that belt in the last five years worth of plug nickel, okay? Now, my black belt is 20, about 23 years old. And I say black belt because I know what color it was and I bought it. Right about now, it'd be safer to call it a charcoal gray belt with some white lines walking through it, okay? And this is not me talking like I'm the greatest practitioner of all time or the most fervent practitioner even of all time. I mean, there are some people that own dojos that are out there a few times a day. Respect. But for everybody else, I just don't understand how they can possibly call themselves martial artists. And their training is their training habits are so poor. Their training habits are so light that over the course of their black belt tenure, they haven't even worn their belt down. They haven't even dirtied, darkened, I mean, lightened, darkened, sullied, whatever you want to call it. For all these people, their black belt should be kind of messed up. And I just don't, I can't give a pass for that, folks. I'm not saying that I'm better than you as a martial artist because my belt is lighter and more worn. No, but I'm saying at this stage in these black belts career, They should get their butts on the mat still as often as they can and get that sweat in. Because if I see a tenured black belt with a brand new belt, it makes me think one of two things. One is good, which means they've worn their old and original black belt out and had to get a new one. That would be my father. His first black belt looks like a white belt. He couldn't even tie it anymore. Respect. And the second one is, you are what the Japanese called a kuchibuchi, a mouth warrior. You talk it, but you don't walk it. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. So, I'm done ranting right now, but I just had to speak on it because I can't take it anymore, folks. Are you old enough to have watched the old Popeye cartoons? That's all I can stands, and I can't stands no more. Anyway, call in and let me know what you're thinking because... I'll have a tall glass of some shut-up juice if I'm wrong. 
if there is another reason that people aren't training or they have magic belts that keep the color in there, color safe <laughs> belts these days, I don't know. But I'll listen. So call them and let me know. I'd love to hear from you because this one gets my blood all sorts of up and stirring and whatnot. So call in the way you have been. I appreciate it. Check me out on martialartsoakland.com. And by far, the most important thing, please be kind to yourselves and each other. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. This is Sensei Anthony Thomas coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles on Thursday, September 14th. And I just wanted to talk about the way techniques are taught in most martial arts systems. Now, as most of you know, I think that a lot of the methods that martial arts schools use are ineffective. And they can lead to an undeserved sense of confidence. Now, confidence, outward confidence, distracts or convinces or deters would-be attackers more than anything. So whether that confidence is deserved or not, I have to say, first, that it's better that they look confident because that likely is a deterrent in and of itself, even if this is a situation where the bark is louder than the bite. So I do appreciate the value of confidence. Now, having said that, a lot of people don't know that they can't bite, and that's where the dangerous part is. So... If you look at the way martial arts are taught, there's lots of cool names and the techniques sound really cool. Whipping the dragon's tail, alternating maces, all that stuff. And these are just mnemonic devices to help teachers remember what the techniques are supposed to defend, you know, uh, whether it be a push, a headlock, whatever the case may be. And my question for you is beyond that, do you think that using techniques are the best way to teach intermediate to advance skills in the martial arts. I personally don't think so. I believe that a curriculum is taught to familiarize beginners with the basic techniques of a system. But once a student has become familiar with those techniques, then I don't think they're as useful later on in the training. Initially, those techniques are to teach people basically how to fight until they can figure out how to fight themselves. So, in the event of a criminal assault, and that's what we're talking about at its most important source, you need to teach people the bridge and alternating maces and five swords and whipping the dragon's tail and how to upa and kochigari and all this kind of stuff because they literally don't know anything else. But once these techniques have taught a student the importance and the basically once it's taught them how to use their body in the ways that their system demands, those techniques that they used for improving muscle memory and reaction speed and all this kind of stuff, I don't think that those are the things that you need to necessarily rely on in a chaotic, real fight, real self-defense situation. What my dad used to do is he would have a stand in the middle of a circle and have each training partner attack in a random order in a different way. And those drills helped us to build our threat assessment skills and develop real life defense. And I got to tell you, those techniques and those defenses were not anywhere near as pretty as they were in the initial learning stages 
that they were effective because they were based on the stimulus at the time, not what we thought was coming, not what we knew was coming, but simply what was. And I think that's important. So let's not skimp on what I call the live drilling, because I think that techniques have a very limited importance to the intermediate to advanced student. I mean, blue belt in most systems through black belt, for example. So when you're teaching, think about how effective the techniques that you're using are beyond the beginning. And if you're learning, please ask your teacher about this. They owe it to you to tell you. You're there to learn something. Make sure you get the most of your training, okay? What do you guys think? Am I wrong? Call in and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And for those of you that have called in, I appreciate it. Check me out on martialartsoakland.com. And of course, the most important thing always, please be kind to yourselves and each other. Bye-bye.